The WNBA Gambling Podcast on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network is brought to you by our Patreon. Score exclusive perks, content, and contests, our win- including our NFL win totals contest with a $1,000 prize. $1,000 prize for NFL win totals. Go to join at sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash Patreon. That is sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash Patreon. Yes, sir. We are back with another edition of the WNBA Gambling Podcast on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network. No me, no the voice, no guys. Me, really real, villain real, twelve from Virginia here at your service. Come to bring me my money. Here comes the money. Here we go. Money talk. Here comes the money. And all-star cast today for a four-game slate in the WNBA. First up, you know him as my co-host, my guy. You look, Scott Studio Rice Show. Tell him to bring me my money. Hey, that's not that's not the right one. There we go, Scotty. Beat me up. Surprise. I'm getting better. I was gonna say I'm getting better at timing it out, so I don't accidentally speak during the actual drop. So <laughs> I've been I've been working on it. So the timing's been getting better, but overall can't complain. I swept the last episode, went three zero, which was nice. I had John Quell over in rebounds, which was free. I, I don't know what that line was. It was at eight and a half. Then uh-huh. it dropped to seven and a half, and uh-huh. he, she had seven at the half. So thanks, I guess she. I think she ended up with thirteen. So that got there. I had the storm. On the money line, a plus 152, which got there as they buried the fever, fever laying points. We'll talk about it again later, but fun stuff. Yeah. And uh, my dog, uh, my prop was once again Cunningham over one and a half threes, and she keeps going over. So nice episode, went 3 0, and looking forward to going through today's card. Yeah, we four and two episode for us last time out. You definitely carried us as I disappointed. I got point God, point God assist over seven and a half. That came through as my prop. My dog was Sophie Cunningham as well. I needed one more three, Scott. Just one. It was she started. She started like oh for four. She made me nervous, and then she made I a know. couple there at the end. But I just needed one of those first four to go in, and then we were good. We yep. were good. So you know what? It is what it is. Sometimes you take tough ones like that. She finishes with two. I needed three, and for my lock. Oh man, Connecticut Sun first half. <laughs> So that we'll talk about that game literally in just a second. But man, I have not seen brutal shooting like that in a first quarter in a long time. That was a terrible first quarter for the Connecticut Sun to start that game. And it carried for the rest of the game. Got also SGP and contributor John Gender. Gindy, what's going on? I gotta get an Indiana Jones drop for Gindy. I was gonna say when do I get a cool that was my takeaway from the beginning of this is when do I get a cool song and Still, why is Scott's not Scotty doesn't know? I'm going to continue to just try to change it up and get you to do Scotty doesn't know. I'm assuming it's because Terrell has no idea what that is. Very much so. Yeah. I, I feel like I said this last time. Very much so. I have no idea what that is. So it's got to get sent to me for me to understand the reference. Okay. Well, wait, so, just, so just to make sure, Gindy wants his own uh, type of theme song, right? Is that is that the problem? Oh, yeah. yeah. We can find something for Gindy. So hang on a second. Hang on a second. 
So, so Gindy uh, wants his own theme song. I'm not going to. So quit oh, asking. <laughs> so quit asking. Oh, man. Nick Saban. College football on the way back. Yes, it's less than a month away. Hey, man. I'm looking forward to it. I'm looking forward to it. All righty here. Man, I just – we be over here talking about anything – Look at this. Moon Off is live on the NFL Gambling Cup podcast talking about NFC West. We got us breaking down this four-game slate in the WNBA. And I'm looking forward to talking about it. Before I do that, I got to draw your attention one more time to our Sports Gambling Podcast Patreon. Look, it's perfect for the D- diehard Degens. Diehard Degens, this is exactly what you're looking for because guess what? You get exclusive perks, you get extra shows, uncensored stories from us and all the guys around Sports Gambling Podcast, and you get access to contests, exclusive contests. Matter of fact, do you want a million, um, do you want a thousand dollars? Like, do you do you want a thousand dollars? I have a chance for you to get a thousand dollars. And what you do is you sign up for the Patreon, get exclusive access to the contest, and we have an NFL win totals contest with a thousand dollar first place prize. So, I hope you've been listening. I just did the Giants preview earlier. Giants over seven and a half. That's a lock. Eagles under 11 and a half. That's a lock. And oh man, I mean, you can try, try your luck with the Cincinnati Bengals if you want. That calf strength, hey, look, you don't get healthier playing football. I'm going to tell you that right now. If you don't get healthier over the course of a season and that cash strain, something serious, take a chance with the Bengals if you want to. All right. Make sure you head over to sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash Patreon and sign up there for all those exclusive perks. Everybody that's always had their picks for free. Patreon is a great way to fight back against corporate gambling. Go to sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash Patreon. You know, I was... I was going to really say I, I was backing you on the Giants. As an Eagles fan, I still think they're going to go over. But then you had to just – you had to hate on the Eagles. You couldn't. Uh, is is, is you, saying that they're not going to get to 12 wins hating? That's a lot of wins. They're going to get to 12 wins. I, I, I need to look at their schedule. So That's a I, lot of wins. Uh, I, I can briefly look at their schedule if you really want me to do this, and I'll talk about it in a second. But you go ahead. On. We literally have sixty seconds to spare, so, okay, so yeah, you have six and, seconds to spare. So give me a second. But and, and you wh- can make wh- your point, Kendi. I'll look. Uh, well, I'm not even going to make that point. I'm just going to say I still haven't. The last time the three of us were together, t- we found out Terrell didn't like chocolate, and I'm still that's fair. Scarred, I'm still scarred from that. No, so, I'm. I'm I, I mean, I just don't. Recovered. I like chocolate as an accent piece. I don't like chocolate as the main item that I'm eating. Like I don't want to bite into a bar of chocolate. Very much good. I'm assuming Although the Eagles are going to be favored. I'm assuming the Eagles are going to be favored in about 14 games. Give yeah, I think it was something. I think it was like 15 actually. Okay, 15, 14. There's a couple games there where at home against the Niners, maybe that gets iffy. They're probably favored at Dallas. Maybe Dallas is laying a point or two. That might be a pick'em. Uh, I think the Eagles probably win around 12 or 13. But you can make an argument with injuries that things can get in the way. But yeah, their schedule doesn't look that bad for a first place team. I'm just going to throw that out there. Super Bowl hangover. So I'm going to say, by the way, in week one. Don't you have to win to have a Super Bowl hangover? No, no. no, Losers. So losers. Matter of fact, I just want to say it because I don't want to get the stat wrong. I can't believe we're really talking about this right now. I'm sorry, guys. We're getting a WA, just WNBA in just a second. But I had to get this point off. So Super Bowl losers since 2003 in week one are 315 and two against the spread. 
and week one they play against the Patriots in New England. Okay, that can get a little interesting. I think New England's going to suck, but I think for week one they might be ready to go. Pass plus four. Let's go ahead, uh, put it in docket. By the way, Super Bowl winners, 16 and four since. Uh, 16 and four since 2003, 13, five and two ATS. Shout out Kansas City minus six and a half. If I have to, if I have to give it out, I'll say Eagles finish uh, 12 and f- I'll go 12 and five. I just want to make sure I heard that right there. You think the Patriots are going to be within four? Yeah, Patriots, one. Patriots plus you're, four. That one does feel pretty trappy. I, I think New England's going to be a bad team. I think New England's a sleeper. They made it like four because game. they didn't know what to set it. Yeah. Yeah, I, just, I think that line could be tricky early on, long term. I think, I think New Eagles England's going to stop. All right, for the games that are yeah. actually being played tonight, we have the Minnesota Lynx going up against the Connecticut Sun in the rematch of the game that happened this weekend, where the Minnesota Lynx were an eleven, well, a twelve-point dog and got the win outright in Connecticut, 87-83. Back-to-back wins for the Minnesota Lynx without their best player against the top two teams in the East. Now they run it back in Connecticut again, minus 11 and a half for Connecticut. 162 and a half is the total. Uh, looks like heavy pe- people are coming in on Minnesota early here. Injury report for these two teams. And, you know, for the Connecticut sign, no Brianna Jones. Everything else is pretty good to go. Whereas for the Minnesota Lynx, you have uh, no Nafisa Collier. You know, she's going to be out for a little while. Rachel Bannum is out. Nadia Chamwe is still out. Uh, Angsler is probable with the shoulder injury. So you still got a rough injury report for the Minnesota Lynx. But again, they've gotten wins against the top two teams in the East with this same injury report the past two games. Gindy, going over to you, you're getting 11 and a half with the Lynx after they just beat the Sun outright. Are you taking them again? Yes, I'm taking them plus the points. Uh, I think the frustrations are starting to grow in Connecticut. If you watch, I think Alyssa Thomas is getting more frustrated at her teammates as each game goes on. And I don't see that really stopping. She, so I, and I'm really impressed. Does that include her fiance or no? I don't even know who's her fiance. She got engaged to Bonner like two weeks ago. What? Yeah. Okay. No, I had no idea. She got engaged like two weeks ago. Yeah. It, make, it makes sense because all she does is pass the ball to Bonner. So I guess they developed a relationship from it. But, you know, that, yeah. Normally I like to think I'm up to date on what's going on in the WNBA, but that one completely just flew. Absolutely. Guinea doesn't be on Instagram. <laughs> Dude, I don't even have, I'm going to be honest with you. I don't have my notifications on on any. So I am hardly on social it's media. It's the only case I know of two teammates yeah. being engaged to one another. I'm sure it's happened before. No, Allie Quigley, Allie Quigley and yeah. Vandersloot were married. Vandersloot and Allie Quigley were. Okay. I forgot about I, that. Yeah. I, I, I knew fair. that. All right. Now we're equal. Now you forgot one. I forgot one. Good. Um, I just, I don't know. There's something not right in Connecticut. Just watching a lot of their games. They're not on the same page. I feel like, and I think the links, what they're doing is absolutely impressive without Nafisa. So give me the links plus the points. Terrell's oh, eating. Scott, so over to you. Time. Yeah, I am. Yeah. Scott, over Yeah, all you. good. You're hungry, so it's fine. Uh, I'm going to go with the links as well. I think this line's disrespectful. I get the argument of, well, Connecticut, you know, maybe overlooked the Lynx. I thought the Lynx game against the Liberty was just a fluke because the Liberty were on a back-to-back, and I just thought it was kind of a spot where the Liberty thought they were going to cruise to a win, got punched in the mouth, and didn't respond well. But then I watched the game on Sunday, and the Lynx actually looked competent. And I thought Caleb McBride looked really good. I thought the team definitely stepped up. And 
I know Bonner, for her sake, I hope she got that last shot blocked because she airballed by about seven feet. So I hope that that yeah, was that actually was... blocked at the end. Uh, not a great shot. I don't, I don't want to design the Kevin Durant step back fadeaway three with the game on the line there, but that's what they went for. I'm going to go with the Lynx plus the points. We were right about AT triple-double, so I'm not surprised she had a massive stat line in that game. But the Lynx, I don't know if it's Ewing theory or what you want to call it, but the team has stepped up without its best player. And it seems like a lot of the role players have embraced bigger responsibilities without Collier. There's also a certain freedom involved because no one's picking them to win these games. So the fact that they go in with no expectations, they can play loose. And I understand what Gindy's saying about Connecticut. I think a big reason why, once again, they have looked a bit underwhelming is because they are missing arguably their second or third best player who's out for the rest of the year, which doesn't help with Brianna Jones. But this team is still solid, but I get the point. Defensively, they have not been as good recently compared to what they were earlier in the season, and that's the mm-hmm. main problem that I have. They're really struggling defensively, so I think I'm going to go with the Lynx plus the points. I'm going to lean to the over because, once again, I do see points. I wouldn't mind taking a Kayla McBride points over because she was great on Sunday. Hit a bunch of threes as well, but I think she can be aligned for a big game. But I like how unselfish Minnesota's been without Collier in the lineup. Once again, because you have a lot of players playing more minutes, none of them want a ball hog. They recognize that they need to play quality team basketball. The ball movement's been fantastic ever since Collier got hurt, and I think that's a big reason why they're scoring a bunch of points. I'm going to be on the over, and I'm going to lean to the Lynx. I'm not saying they're going to win again, but expecting Connecticut to go from losing outright to suddenly winning by 12-plus points seems extremely excessive to me. I'm going to take the Lynx plus the points. Yeah, I'm completely against both of you. I'm going with Connecticut. And it's it's more for me just the fact that when you look at how bad Connecticut played and they were in that game, they still scored 83 points shooting less than 40 percent from the well, field. That's my problem, because they gave up like 87 points to a team missing its best player. Like defensively, they have not been as sharp as they were. And over. so I think it's regression. I think it's regression on off- or positive regression offensively and well and defensively as well. I mean, they shot 57.4 percent, 31.6 percent from three and. You look at Connecticut, they're 38.9%, 17.6%. Again, that first quarter was one of the worst shooting first quarters I have seen. Like, I don't think that they get behind early in the game like they did last time. And you can see it like the uh, Aces and Wings game that happened, where that was a competitive game from start to finish, but the Aces went on a run when they need to win, go on a run, and they were able to get the cover. So I think it's the same situation here for Connecticut where, yeah, when you look at the overarching, looking at the game, it's going to be a competitive game, but I think Connecticut's runs are going to come in very timely, and they're going to get a lot better buckets and a lot better contributions. I mean, Tiffany Hayes was one for four, three points in that game. Uh, Dijanae Carrington had 11, but she was inefficient at four for 12. Like, I think you get a lot better contribution. Tisha Heideman, who's been unreal from three recently, she's one for four. Rebecca Allen's 0 for two from three. Like, I think that you get a lot better contributions, and it's not the Dewana Bonner show today. And that's why Connecticut is able to put together a lot better of a performance. So I'm going with Connecticut. I think they do actually cover the number here in the revenge spot but i like them i prefer them in the first quarter i just think that they they're going to come out with a furious furious after how they started that game like that was one of the worst starts of the game and i feel very confident in connecticut coming in and just having at least at the very least a good first quarter even if the wheels fall off for the rest of the game so give me connecticut first quarter minus three and a half i like that play on the spread and moving over to the total which Opened up at 161 and a half and it went up to 162 and a half. 
Scott, I'm going to throw it over to you. What do you like here for the total? I'm going to go with the over in this one. I think that there's a couple ways to get there. Once again, Connecticut, despite not playing that well offensively, still scored a decent amount of points. And the Lynx did shoot the ball well from the floor because Connecticut's defense hasn't been as sharp lately. There is a chance that Terrell's right and Connecticut just boat races this team. But if they do, they're scoring 90-plus. Like, I think 90-plus is realistic for one of these teams to reach. So I'm going to be on the over. I think this number's too low. All right, Gindy. I actually like the under. Uh, which is a rarity for me to like any under. I think for some reason this is going to turn into a defensive battle, and it, it's going to be close, but it's just I'm, I'm figuring about 77 to 70 something, 74. Um, and that so, and I'm taking the links too for the record outright. I think, I, I think that I don't know. I just got a good feeling about the links. Sometimes I don't have any logic, just good feelings, and this is one of those those guts. I like the links here a lot. Well, for the record, usually the second game in a back to back and immediate rematch tends to be a lower scoring game than the first one. So mm-hmm. because they, of course, they're familiar with each other's offensive sets. So if you want to take that approach, then you'd lean to the under. But I'm going to lean to the over. Yeah, man, they really just let the Lynx score 87 points without Nafisa Collier. I like Lynx team total under. I think that they lock in defensively. But I I feel like if I had to play a play on the full game, I'm playing over just because Scott's thing. I think Connecticut gets into the 90s and fairly comfortably. So I'll take uh, Lynx team total under. It's probably the best look I have there. Maybe an over for the first half. But I'm not 100% there on that first half play yet. All right, player props. Any Anything anybody wants to throw out? Um, well, I was, we're on every AT over, right? For starters. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Oh, God, I'm not, I'm not going to pivot from there. She had a triple-double last game. The rebounds are at 10.5, though. It's getting – I know it's getting high. But I do like the assist. I found the assist for over 8.5 at plus money. And yep. I really like that one on DraftKings, so I'm with you there. Um, I'm also with you on McBride. You said, you know, probably maybe play a McBride player prop. It's 14 and a half. Um, I already had her threes. Her threes are over one and a half threes. It's minus 166. It's definitely not the most juice thing in the world or a bet that I really like to play, but she's going to have two threes in this game. They need to get offense from somewhere. So I think two threes is pretty easy for her. Um, and I do like Bonner to go for 20. That just seems to be her floor right now. It seems to be the offense running through her. So, yeah, those are mine that I'm looking at. I'm a little bit confused why McBride's number is so low. Uh, she had 19 in the last game. I guess the argument is she's been shooting so well from the floor, they're expecting her to regress. She went uh-huh. 7 of 10 in the last game, had 19 <clears throat> points, had 26 points the game before that against the Liberty because she went 11 of 14 from the floor. She's made at least three three-pointers in three of the last four. She went exactly four of seven in each of the last two. I like a McBride potential ladder on threes, like two, three, and four. Uh-huh. I, I don't know why the price is that. I mean, one and a half at one sixty something. I can I can understand why it's that heavily juiced, but that's probably be two and a half. The volume has been there. She's attempted at least seven threes in three of the last four, and with the amount of injuries they have, she has to shoot the ball. So I, I think McBride potentially for a ladder on threes is worth a look. Up to four. I'm not going to go past four, but can I see her having another game where she goes four of seven, four of eight from three? I can see it. So I think McBride threes has some value. Minus 165 for two, plus 195 for three, plus, and five to one for four. 
if you want to get like those odds. to five, you're at fourteen twenty-five. My favorite out of those is three at one ninety. I feel like that's a nice price. I'm going to go back to Tiffany Hayes because Tiffany Hayes has been on a tear recently, and even though she had a rough rough time out last time, she normally can add a really good spark to this team and be able to add some very clutch scoring. And there's a lot of there's a lot of points uh, props out here today actually for this. So we have Hayes, 11.5 points minus 115. 15 is plus 220. 20 is plus 825. I'm probably going to be on the 20. She's had 20 and 2 of the last three, I'm pretty sure, actually. And so uh, I think Tiffany Hayes, even though every time she drives to the basket, she ends up on the floor, like pretty similar to John Morant. She still finds a way to get the ball in the basket, so... I think that especially with Brianna Jones out, she's upped her scoring intake, and well, she had 28 in that last game, and so yeah, I like I like her to go over 11 and a half today. I think that she'll be able to add that extra scoring that they need. Uh, let's see here. All right, before we get to the next game of the slate, gotta talk to you about underdog fantasy because you can take. The Alyssa Thomas assists. You can take the Tiffany Hayes points. You can take the Kayla McBride threes. You can throw that all into a contest on Underdog Fantasy and try to win you some money. Look, NFL is right around the corner. Tons of player props and markets. Plus, we got plenty of opportunities for daily MLB contests, WBA, all that stuff. Ooh. Bless you. That's part of the ad read. Thank you. 100% part of Adri. It actually told me right there to sneeze right before I talked about Best Ball Mania 4, where you can win $3 million. Head over to UnderdogFantasy.com. Use promo code SGPN for 100% deposit bonus up to $100. So UnderdogFantasy.com, promo code SGPN. All right. Next game on the slate. We have the Toilet Bowl. Toilet Bowl has commenced 7 p.m. on the East Coast. Phoenix Mercury. At six and eighteen, battling the Indiana Fever at six and nineteen, minus six and a half for the Fever. One fifty nine and a half the fever, is the total. You remember when the Fever were going to cruise over their win total like three weeks into the season? Yeah, and then they uh, effectively like didn't win a game for like a month. Yeah, pretty much. That's the that's the fever special, I believe they call it. Very much so. And we're still sweating that nine and a half, by the way. <laughs> like we're still. Uh, I'm we're not, sweating. I don't think I don't think they're getting there. If they lose this game, it's over. <laughs> yeah, right like now, we're we're, we're really still sweating this nine and a half, and it was just like, man, I thought we were cruising into this, and we're not. <laughs> so here we are, injury report for these two teams, and you have for the Phoenix Mercury. Brittany Griner is out for personal reasons. You know, Skylar Diggins-Smith is still not with the team. And Diane Tarasi came back last game, had actually a good game, which is rare for her these days. And so, but they got destroyed by the Chicago Sky. So, so how close here, is, is Tarasi to 10,000? Do you guys know off the top of your head? I'm pretty sure she already passed it. You're talking is about points not, or age? Points. <laughs> Uh, I'm weak. <laughs> well, I, Victoria Vivian's it? is doubtful with She's an illness. She's away. Okay. Victoria Vivian's is doubtful with an illness, and you have Nalisa Smith, who's still out with that foot injury. So you have the problem here of two terrible evils. You can either 
bet the mercury, or you can lay points with the fever. You're, if you've done both over the course of the season, you're not making money because the the Mercury are seven and seventeen on the season ATS two and eleven ATS on the road, whereas you have the Indiana Fever who are one and five as a favorite this season. Yet somehow they're fourteen and eleven ATS. So as a favorite, not the spot you want to get them at. Barely want to get them at home because they're four and five ATS at home. Scott, do we have to pick a side here? Well, I mean, in terms of our show, we do. In terms of our show, we do. But like, what? How do I bet this? Uh, you don't take a side. Uh, how do you bet this? You take a player prop that I really like, which I'll mention in a second, or you take a nap. That's that's kind of your two <laughs> options. But uh, I'm not going to watch this game, no matter what action I have. There's no way I'm going to watch it. It's going to be bad basketball. But I'm going to take the points, as ugly as it sounds. Uh, the Mercury are once again a really bad team, especially on the road. They're one of the worst road teams I've ever seen in this league, but I made a pact with myself a while back. I'm not going to lay points with the fever. And I, once again, I swept the last podcast. My dog was taking Seattle. Who's also a really bad basketball team. I know they have Jewel Lloyd who went, who played very well, but still uh, Seattle buried them the entire game. I think they were up 20 at the half. Like Indiana, no show to game at home against the storm. I, I, I want nothing to do with them laying points. I don't know how they're going to do it. I'm hoping Tarazi and maybe Cunningham find a way, uh, but I'm going to take the points. If you have two teams that I don't trust, I'll take the team that doesn't need to win in order to cover. That's how I'm looking at it. I'll lean to the Mercury. All right, Gendy, how are you? What are you doing? I'm taking the Fever minus six. If I had to take a side, the Fever, just they're like a spotty team. And if they can get going, then they can get going. First, Mercury, they just. They don't really have a chance to get going without Griner. Once again, I'm, I'm not betting the yeah. side. That's just my lean for this, for whatever yeah. it's worth. If I, 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 I think the Fever can cover six. Like I think the Mercury are going to be that bad without Griner, and the Fever six isn't a lot to me in this game. So give me uh, minus six. But I'm with Scott too. There's a lot of player props in this game that I find interesting. I know you said you had one, but there's a couple that really stood out to me when we get to that. But give me the fever minus six. Yeah, man. Uh, <clears throat> I made a pact, so I might be on my own here, but I'm not going to go against it. No, I'm, I, I don't know what to do because I made a pact that I'm not going to lay points with the fever, but I also made a pact that I'm never going to take the mercury. So, uh, well, you're not taking really? it to win if it makes you feel any better. No, even the cover. <laughs> Did you not hear the seven and seventeen? Two and eleven on the road. Yeah. Like even the cover is not even. They're not even good. There. For the record, I believe it's one in twelve straight up on the road. So yes, it is. Yeah, there you go. Really, really freaking mad. Okay, of course the one that they covered and didn't win was the Liberty. Yep. Okay. Liberty. <laughs> All right. So my issue here is that. When you look at the numbers and you look at what these two teams are doing recently, since, you know, Nikki Blue took over as interim head coach, the defense for the Phoenix Mercury has been a lot better. Look at what they're doing the past five games, and they're actually holding teams to 78.8 points per game. Now, you, you have Washington in there, even though they put up a big number, Chicago twice, and they still put up a big number. Like, this is very spotty, but they did – uh, get an outright win against Connecticut. And so, 
it's like you have I, I I just don't see anything good in Indiana. I don't see anything good coming out of Indiana right now. And I there's nothing good out of both teams to be fair. Yeah. But I just uh, I can't lay I can't lay six and a half. So give me the Mercury plus six and a half as ugly and disgusting as it might be. Um, this team has been better defensively, and I can at least give them that. Whereas, as consistent as they've been all season, Indiana was never good defensively, and they're still not good defensively, so they haven't changed that note. But at least I can point out somewhere that the Mercury have improved over the past five games, and it is on the defensive side of the ball. So they just gave up 100 points to the Chicago Sky. I'm hoping that they decide to lock in a little bit defensively now, but this is also a really, really tough spot for them. Look at this. This is the fourth road game in a row. They played at Washington on the 23rd, at Atlanta on the, 20th, on the 25th, at Chicago on the 30th, and now they're here they are at Indiana on the 1st. So I'll play Indiana early, and that's how I'll split it. I like Indiana in the first half. I've been fading the Mercury in the first half all season. I think that that's a good way to play it. So I'll play Indiana in the first half. Minus three. Give me Mercury for the full game plus six and a half because the Indiana Fever do not use Aaliyah Boston in the second half of the game. So they just lost their second best scorer right there. And let's move on to the total here. Total sitting there at 159 and a half. I'm telling you right now. I love the first half over 100%. This Indiana team is not defending anything. And if the Mercury go and try to have some type of bounce back game or anything like that, they're going to come out swinging, especially after giving up 100 points. So I like the first half over. Indiana's been good scoring in the first half for the majority of point all season. I think the Mercury joined them over 81 and a half in the first half. Kendi, what do you like here? 159 and a half is total. Give me the under under 159 and a half. It's a toilet bowl. I don't I don't know. I don't think they're going to score a lot. I don't think either team's going to break 80. To be honest with you, I might be crazy, but I just I think this game is going to be awful. So I'm not expecting a lot of offensive talent here. Scott. I'm going to lean under. Uh, the Mercury defensively were horrible uh, last game. I believe they gave up 104 points to Chicago. But I was watching the Fever against the Sparks last week, and then I saw them a little bit on Sunday against the Storm. They just don't score, man. Uh, they don't give the ball to Boston. They don't know what they're doing offensively. And the Mercury, they're also not a good offensive team, and they also play a bit slow. So I'm going to lean under. I see an ugly game. By the way, what's worse, being one and twelve straight up on the road, or being one and eight straight up at home? Home, probably. I'll just say it's four less games, but I'd probably lean home. Yeah, yeah, they're brutal. Yep, team suck. All right, player props. What do we what do we like here on the player prop aspect? We had Hunter up here earlier talking about Kelsey Mitchell points tonight. Uh, she's at 19 in two of the last three. I think that's a very good prop here tonight to back Kelsey Mitchell, especially because of the fact of, again, Leah Boston's unbettable, guys. I don't know. I like – she's one of my props. I like over seven and a half rebounds. It's plus money. If this game is going to be as bad as we think it is, that means there's going to be a lot of missed shots, which means a lot of chances for rebounds. So I saw plus money at seven and a half. I think she's easily going to be 
in the double digits just because of how bad the shooting is going to be in this game. I, I think she's going to get 10 rebounds pretty easily just for the fact that she's going to be in the game most of the time and the team suck. So I really like the seven and a half. All right. Scott, you got anything? Yeah, my favorite props, Cunningham threes. I've been giving it out every single episode for the last week and a half, and she has not failed me once. I don't know why this is still at one and a half, like minus 128. I bet it overnight. It was minus 106 when the line dropped on FanDuel, which was insane to me, and now it's up to minus 128 because other people have realized the same thing. But to read off Cunningham's numbers for threes for the last couple of games, uh, just these are threes made. Two, three, five, one, five. So she had one bad game with one, but back to the last three games, she's gone over. And the volume's been there. She's attempted at least five threes in each of the last five games. Griner's not playing, so you know she's going to get a bunch of minutes. She's played at least 29 minutes in four of the last five games. And Indiana has the worst three-point defense in the league. You're going to give me a three-point specialist against the worst defense in the league against the three-ball, and it's at one and a half? Yeah, I'm assuming she's going to attempt at least five in this game, maybe more. We know Indiana doesn't guard anybody. So I'll go with Cunningham over one and a half threes. That's my favorite play on the card by a wide margin. And something else to point out, Tarasi over two and a half threes is plus money as well. They got to get offense from somewhere, and she's going to chuck She was good last game. Yeah, and if she can have back-to-back good games, which I'm not sure if she can or not, I don't think two and a half threes is, you know, crazy um and the reason i asked earlier about the tarasi how close she was they're starting to offer specials for how she scores her ten thousandth point um i saw that a layup was plus 600 and i mean in reality it can happen any which way plus 600 was pretty pretty interesting i don't know how i'm gonna bet that or if i'm going to but just worth mentioning that starting to roll those out she had 24 last game i see 25 points is plus 430 I think I'd rather take Kelsey Mitchell at 560 if I had to pick between the two of them. But, yeah, I'm not sure if I like any serious long shot props in this game. At least for those two. I I thought about it, but eh, I don't think I can actually get there. All right. Let's see here. Let me compile this. Wow. They don't have. Okay, so I'm going to be putting in a request for Bet365 to add. Sophie Cunningham's threes made milestones clearly because they didn't offer it and they offer her points. They know that that's going to cash. So let me go try to make that request and see and make sure we get that prop. Did they actually give you the? Did they actually grant you your request most of the time? Yeah, they did. Uh, when they I did. asked for Lexi Brown, they did give me the request. Okay. I think it was. How do you request, another... do you request it? Twitter. Yeah, DM. Okay. DM on Twitter. It's, uh, not, it's called X now, guys. Oh, uh, whatever. DM on Twitter anymore. Yeah, it's going to give it to you. Yeah. Uh, So I was going to give a play out on that. I do like Hunter and Kelsey Mitchell over 16 and a half minus 120. I like a play on that. Erica Wheeler has been really good with being inserted into the starting lineup with New Smith being out. You look at what she's done the past six games, 11, 10, 15, 15, 17, 9. Her prop is at 11 and a half today. She's been over that in three of the last four. Basically, this is about her floor with where she's at in the lineup and and her minutes. Her floor is about nine, ten points, somewhere around there. So I think that we can get a, a really better offensive day. I I actually think that both of these two teams defensively are going to be a little bit lax here. So uh, I'm, I'm cool with Erica Wheeler. I think Erica Wheeler has another good day over 11 and a half there. 
But Kelsey Mitchell, really the meat and bones of the play for me today. She's been really, really consistent, and I think that she's definitely going to get over uh, over 16 and a half. All right. Let's move on. Next game on the slate. Got two more games left to finish out. We have the... Let's knock this one out the way. New York Liberty going to play the Los Angeles Sparks in the second game of the back-to-back they had where Liberty got out to a hot start and then allowed the Sparks to cover last minute. Classic Liberty. Yeah, pretty much. Not a very good ATS team, but they're getting wins. So I guess that means something somewhat. Who cares? Good teams win, great team cover. All right. Lions currently sitting at about a consistent eight and a half right now. One sixty-six and a half is the total injury report here for these two teams. And we have for the Los Angeles Sparks, Lexi Brown is out with an illness. Chenea Gumake is still out with that foot injury. No Nia Clout and no Katie Lou Sevenson. Whereas we have for the New York Liberty, it looks like Stephanie Dawson Hanshu, we already know those two are out. So, I mean, I don't know how you can bet, how you can trust the Liberty full game. It would be first half or nothing because I, I can't handle them in the fourth quarter. I, I truly can't. Like, I, 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 I it, and it's like you don't care because you know you're going to win, but it's like, that doesn't do anything for us. <laughs> it doesn't do anything for us at all. And this is a large number. This is getting on three possessions. Yeah, I'm, I, I couldn't, I, I couldn't give out. A Liberty full game spread if I wanted to. I think that you're at a decent price with the uh, first half, but back-to-back game set. You could see the Sparks trying to uh, come out with a lot more intensity because they got buried early on in that game and they fought back from that. Gendy, what are you liking here for the game? I have it circled here, which means I really like it on my little sheet. Uh, Liberty first half minus four and a half, um, and it's minus 115. They're going to bury them again in the first. They, I just don't think the Sparks can keep up with them. And then they're going to fade away at the end of the game, and then I'm going to get on here and say, hey, look, the Liberty are still overrated like I do every other time. But I think the first half is there should be up by 10 when it hits halftime. So give me New York first half minus 4.5, and, and I'm, like you guys, I'm not touching the 8.5. Uh, I just I don't trust the Liberty at all. And this is not a look-ahead spot for the Liberty because the Liberty have another game. But it is. So it's not a look-ahead spot for the Liberty. That's what I was looking for. Yeah, Sparks. I, I'm i not there on that Liberty first half play yet. I, I, have to, I have to do some more. I'm not there yet. I wanted to make that play, but I'm not there yet. The play that I do like is on the total. And I think this goes pretty similar to a lot of how these scripts go. I think this is a first half over. I mean, I know it's a back-to-back set, but I think the Sparks are going to come out with a lot more intensity. And they're like, I think that they started out some one for 10 from the field or something like that. NECA was the only person with two points for a long time in that first quarter. Like, I think sure they come- I'm pretty sure in the middle of the second quarter, John Quell had the same amount of rebounds as the entire Sparks team. 
<laughs> so yeah like quarter. that's insane and so i think the sparks come out with a lot more intensity and uh, do the liberty fade off no i don't think they fade off but the sparks come and do their part and add to the scoring so give me uh sparks liberty first half over 85 and a half i like that scott what do you like on the total uh, for the total, I'm going to lean over. Uh, the Liberty got so many good looks in that game against the Sparks, and they just stopped trying because they were up by so much. Uh, you're looking at the Sparks. They were really bad in the first half, and they still managed to score 79 points in that mm-hmm. game. I like the over. Uh, once again, if the Liberty are fully focused, they could score 95 in this game. It would not shock me. When the Liberty were engaged, they really got every open look they wanted Johannes couldn't miss for an entire half. I just think when you're looking at this team, they have too many weapons for the Sparks to deal with. And the Sparks can't rebound, which is why I took John Quell over. They're a really bad rebounding team. And with Stewie and with John Quell, and even Ionescu is an underrated rebounder for her size. I just think that the Liberty are going to score a bunch of points, and the Sparks should be able to do the same because the Liberty have really not done a good job defensively for the last couple weeks. I'm on the over. I see a lot of points in this game. All right. What are you doing here, Gendy? What do you like on the total? I like the over as well, 166.5. I think it's going to hit pretty easily. I think we're going to be 15 points past that, 15, 20 points past that. I think it's super high scoring. Scott thinks 95. I think the Liberty are going to put up 100. And I think so. And I think the Sparks are going to score too, though. There might be a prop I'm tempted by that um that kind of segues into the uh the blowout performance by the Liberty, but I'll get into that in a second. All right. Yeah, let's go I mean, let's go right into props. You lead us off. All right. So first things first, I actually see double double and triple double odds available. So I see John Quell double double at plus one thirty five. Sure. I mean, I'm not gonna step in front of that. If you want to take the rebounds, you can. Yeah. Yanescu triple double is thirty-seven to one. <laughs> I, I think the Liberty once again can score ninety ninety-five. I, I, that's kind of where I'm standing here. Yanescu had fourteen six and five last game, which isn't that close. Game before that, she had thirty-one seven and seven. Uh, she did have a triple double four games ago against Seattle, and she was very close a couple games before that. Had sixteen eleven and nine against Washington. If you want to play it safer and take Yanescu double double, that's at plus three forty. If you think she can get 10 assists in this game, which I think is a possibility. 37 to 1, though, like I'm trying to think if that's actually a good deal or not. That double double I like, because I definitely think the assist can be there for a team that's supposed to score 90 plus points. Triple double, maybe that's worth a flyer. But I think my favorite play for the props here for the long shot would be Unescu double double at 340, because I really think that with the ball in her hands all the time, she's in line for a massive game. All right. All right. Gendy, you have what any thoughts props on that? do you have? No, I mean, I'm never going to, like, if Sabrina's 37-1 to get a triple-double and she gets it, I will literally never forgive myself that I didn't bet it. So, I mean, I feel like I just have to bet it off of pure principle. Or at least the double-double at 340. That price feels a little high for, once again, a Liberty team that we're each expecting to score pro- around 90 points. Yeah. Yeah, right. I have I have uh, Jones over 9.5 rebounds, so I agree with Scott. The double-double is definitely in play too, but I really like the nine and a half rebounds. He's just been absolute, you know, money when it comes to rebounds mm-hmm. lately. On the flip side, the Sparks, NECA is 20 plus points is plus money. I don't think it ever should be plus money because she can pretty consistently go for 20 points majority of the time, give or take. So 
I like that plus money, and I like Jones over nine and a half rebounds. Keeping it simple. All right. I am. I'm going on the Brianna Stewart wave. Unfortunately, I don't know why Brianna Stewart's double double price is shorter than Jacquel Jones, but. I think it's minutes based because John Quell is like a weird minute pattern because she plays like six minutes per quarter, but uh, she's been going over anyway. So I'm not going to get in the way of John Quell. I obviously like her rebounds over. Yeah. Give me uh Brown Stewart, 25 plus points plus 120. I like that. I think she gets over a points prop. She has a pretty nice day to day. And Courtney Vandersloot, double, double plus 470. Think that. I'm worried about the points in there. Uh, yeah, potentially, but from what I how we predict this and think this game is going to go, I think that she's going to be able to uh, find an easy yeah. back cuts to the basket. Like, you know, just she'll be a four for five, ten points, something like that. Like, I, I wish I could bet ten plus assists instead of double double for both Yonescu and Vandersloot because one of them's going to go over. I'm so not sure which I, one, but one of them's going to go over. I can bet 10 plus assists for Vandersloot. And what are the odds Unescu. on Vandersloot and Unescu for 10 plus each? We have Courtney Vandersloot plus 425 and Sabrina Unescu plus 575. Wait, so you're saying that Unescu 10 plus assists is 575, but her double double is plus 340? Well, different books. I, so, I, I'm yeah. assuming yours is bet 365, right? Very much so. That's the best book for props that's not legal in in New York, which sucks. But, <laughs> yeah, I, I got a lot. I, I'll take the Inescu assist there. And I don't know both. I'll like be in that. New York this weekend for the Aces Liberty game. So, looking forward You're going to gonna be there this weekend, and I believe Adam Rosenberg's going to be in New York. But he, I think he's leaving on Sunday, actually. Oh, so. yeah. No, I, I think I'm only going to day trip up Sunday, go to the game, then go back to D.C. Makes sense. Ah uh, man, yeah, no, I like your I like your thought process there. Sprinkle on Vandersloot and Yanescu ten plus both both of them. One, well, of, one them of them's getting there. Them. Yeah, right. one of them gets there, and that's a pretty nice win there. Uh, let's see. I said I like Brianna Stewart going back. Jordan Canada assist over five and a half at minus one twenty. That's another one that her ten plus assist is ten twenty five. Like the Liberty don't stop anybody, so if Canada's running the running the offense. She could sneaky get a bunch of assists in this game, mm. and uh, I like Canada's points because Canada's been scoring recently as well. Over fourteen and a half and minus one twenty five. So plus three hundred for twenty plus. Yeah, very. Uh, I might have to sprinkle on that later in the day. All right. Let's move on to the last game of the slate. The Atlanta Dream are traveling to Vegas to play the Las Vegas Aces. Aces are laying 13 and a half at home. 178 and a half is the total. Scott, is that not the largest total we've seen this season? I'm trying to think if I've seen a 180. I don't think I have seen a 180, but we might have gone to like 179 and a half, but it's up there. It's definitely yeah. one of the highest totals this season. Absolutely. Let's look here and see what they have on the injury report for the Las Vegas Aces. You know that they're going to be without Candace Parker, who's out indefinitely. Raquana Williams is out indefinitely. And then for the Atlanta Dream, you have nothing to report. They have a full assortment of staff going to Vegas to play the Aces. They're going to need it. So now, here's the question that I will pose to Gindy. Is this the, the team 
that finally, well, not finally, because teams have done it, but it's not too often that people get a cover off of the aces. It's, it's not too often at all. Are they going to cover this 13 and a half? These two teams cut, met earlier this season where the Dream did get a cover as 11-point favorites. It was 92-87. They were actually up majority of that game and then blew it. I think you mean dogs. But oh, yeah, as a dog. But they were they were actually up in that game and blew it in Atlanta. Now this is the rematch. What are you doing here? Plus 13 and a half for the Dream on the road in Vegas. Give me the aces plus the points. This is just purely out of spite. I'm so tired of betting the wrong side of Howard and Gray, and I'm just so over the dream because they break my heart every time I think Ryan Howard's going to have a good game. You've heard me talk about this. Alicia Gray goes off. So I hope neither one of them go off and give me the aces plus 13 and a half. I think they're finding their groove. I think they were kind of out of it a little bit when Candace Parker went down. And now they're finding a groove again of how they're going to proceed without her. And now they're just going to go back into just blowing everybody out mode more than they are to blow people out. Um, and I think I'm just feeling Atlanta has a bad shooting night, which means in reality, Atlanta will probably have a great shooting night and we'll have something to laugh about the next time we talk. So, mm-hmm. Scott? Well, the Aces are 12 and 0 at home, straight up. So you know how good they are at home. The one thing I'll point out, though, that I mentioned last episode, even though I was wrong, I did a lean to the wings and they did not get the cover. They were on pace, and then they ended up, you know, getting outscored by six in the fourth quarter. But the Aces without Candace Parker have kind of been brutal defensively. They've been uh-huh. winning games anyway because they score 100 plus points, but they can't really guard anyone. Um, I'm going to lean to the dream. I don't feel good about it, but I'm not going to bet the side. I know it's a high total. I love the over anyway. But the Aces have scored 100-plus points in two straight games. They're giving up 90-plus points in those two games. They're just trying to go full track meet, and they keep winning, so they're not going to change anything. I see another track meet breaking out, so I love the over. I think the Aces could score 90-plus. The Dream can score 80-plus. Game gets into the 180s, maybe even 190s, if you think that the Aces can get to 100 again. So I'm on the over as my favorite play. I just think that this total, despite being high, is still a little bit low because, once again, the Aces have just been walking into 100 points. So I'm going to go with the over in this game. Yeah, so for me, I'm going to play it how I basically play every single Aces game. And the Aces are very good in the first half and then kind of let things drift off because don't need to go as hard when you're either killing a team or you're just overlooking a team. And there's a lot of reasons why the, the Aces could be overlooking the Atlanta Dream here. Now, the Aces are about to have a, a long layoff right before this. They play today. They do not play again until Sunday when they play the Liberty in New York. So, I like the Aces early. Uh, you look at their defensive metrics, and that's the thing that I was going to put I, point out, Scott, is that they're actually really good in defense in the first half. First in WNBA, giving up 35.6 points per game. It's that second half where that 35.6 goes to 81 points per game, and they fall all the way to six in WNBA. I want to narrow down that sample size, though. That's the entire season, or that's just... No, that's the last five. Week? Last five that's games. Last five, okay. I just wanted to make sure. Okay. Yeah, last five games. So last five games, Aces 35.6, giving up 81 uh, towards the full game. And I think that they go out and do what they do in the first half, and they look like the Aces. And then that second half comes. This is where Atlanta 
has typically played a little bit better at basketball. They're on the road. They've gotten some really, really good performances from this team on the road this season. I think this could be another one. Give me Atlanta plus 13 and a half in the second half. I think that the look-ahead spot angle is there. I think that the angle of the Aces defensively in the second half is there. And if you give this Atlanta Dream chances to score the basketball, they will. And so I think Atlanta's going to be in the game, absolutely. And don't forget, they have a win over this Aces team last year. Like, effectively, this is the, you know, Adelisha Clark. This is a similar team to who they were last year without Candace Parker. And so this this Dream team's able to get it done, and now they look a lot better. I think that this is going to be probably the best game of the night and a little bit more competitive than people think. So yeah, I like dream plus 13 and a half. I really like that play. I like the aces in the first half. However, minus eight, I think that that first half total actually, I'm, I'm trying to decide if I think that first half total goes under, I think it does go under actually for the first half, but then ends up going over in the full game as the offense explodes in the second half. So not, uh, not as don't feel as good about the side as I do. I mean, the total, as I do the side in this game, this go around, but give me a full game over for this one, 170, 178, and I will take a first half under as things slow, slow down a little bit more in that first half. But I like the dream here as well. Gennett, did you, you got anything on the total here? Yeah, I like the over at 178, and I also like the first half over of 90 and a half. So, pretty much somewhat of the opposite of what you just said. But well, we all like the over in the general. Yeah, yeah. I, yeah. I it it just feels like points is going to be scored in some way or fashion. I don't know. I guess if you think it's going to hit over 178, you're going to need the 90, I think, and 90 and a half in the first half. You're going to need that to be decently close to that if it's going to hit the over. That's my, my thought process on it. I think at least one of these quarters might break 50. So, I'm... I, I, I'm on the over anyway. All right. Let's see here. Player props. Again, what do you like here? Um, I really only like Wilson over nine and a half rebounds. I'm keeping it simple. Tired of guessing. You know, with the aces, it's it's a big guessing game of who's going to have a good night. Um, but with a high scoring game means also chance for rebounds. So give me Wilson nine and a half. All right, Scott. I'm going back to point god over assists at seven. And point a half. god. You said at least eight and four straight games. And the thing about the Aces, by the way, they dominate a bunch of these teams. They don't rest any of the starters. Like you're looking at no. Gray's minutes. She's played thirty plus minutes in each of the last what is that nine games? I think they they don't ever like pull anybody. They just try to run up the score on everyone. So. I think once again, when you're looking at the at the aces who might score 100 points again, like that wouldn't shock me. I'm not going to take many unders, if any unders, because I think both teams could potentially break 80. The aces might break 100 in this game. So give me Gray over an assist. I know she's been great offensively with scoring lately. She's had 22 plus in the last two, but the assists have been there. And once again, the main problem is who do you pick to actually score on this team because they have so many weapons. I'll take the main facilitator to pass it to somebody who puts the ball in the basket. So give me Gray over an assist. All right. I know Terrell's going to co-sign that, but yeah, hundred percent. You know I'm with Point Guy. You, I take it a step further. Give me Point Guy ten plus assists at plus two sixty five. Mm. All right. I'm going back to Cheyenne Parker, man. She had twenty five and eleven earlier this season against this team. 
And so I, I definitely uh, um, think that she has another opportunity to have a really good game. And you sit there, no Candace Parker opens things up a little bit on the inside. Plus, all the attention is going to Ryan Howard and Alicia Gray. So, Sham Parker, she's been struggling a little bit lately. She has a chance to get back, and uh, points means that people are going to score. So, Sham Parker over 12 and a half points and minus 120. 15 plus 155. Yep. 20 plus plus 555. Yep. 25 plus 1550. Sure. Why not? She had 25 and 11 last time out. So I think Cheyenne Parker has a really good game. I'm going to hitch my horse on her today. And with that, we are going to go ahead and get over to our lock and dog for the episode. We've went long. So let's go ahead. Gindy, I'm going to throw it over to you first. Your lock, dog, and prop for this episode. I got lock. Um, First half, over 90.5, Las Vegas, Atlanta. I, I'm thinking high scoring. I really like that. I don't – I think bo- I think both teams might have 50 by uh, – 50 each by halftime. That would give me 100 easily, so give or take. So I re- um, give me the lock for 90.5. For my dog, I got four-player props that I really like. Um, Thomas over 8.5 assists. John Quill over 9.5 rebounds. Boston over seven and a half rebounds and Wilson over on her. It's nine and a half rebounds for plus twelve fifty one. You know me, I love my parlays. So and then for my just prop on its own, I mean Alyssa Thomas is just a lock for anything anymore in terms of assists and rebounds. So give me her assists at um over eight and a half plus a hundred. All right. Appreciate it. I will kick us off next here with my lock. I'm going for um, Dream is tempting, but it's hard to get in front of the Aces, man. Should I just go back? I should go back to it. That first quarter was brutal, man. They're not going to let me down twice. Give me Connecticut's sign. First quarter, minus three and a half. Let, 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 let's get it back. Put me in the even and start back in another day. So Connecticut sign first quarter minus three and a half. That is my lock for my dog. Hmm. Can't in good faith tell you to take the Mercury on the money line. You're probably going to go player prop. Yeah, for the most part, probably going to go player prop here. Let's go with – it was a lot of plus money player props we like. I just got to remember which one I want to make my dog. You can do you can do half a unit on the 10 assists for Unescu and Vandersloot and just break it up. Yeah, we could. We could. I don't know, man. Cheyenne Parker had 25 in it last time. Last time out. I just can't see she being the focus of defensive attention with Alicia Gray and Ryan Howard out there. So I know she's been brutal recently, but I'm going to go back. Well, no, mm, I like the rebounds better because their rebounds are at five and a half. That's criminal. Uh, Oh, plus one thirty is a baby dog. Never mind. Maybe not. No, screw it. Let's do it. Uh, 10 plus rebounds. Cheyenne Parker, seven to one. But I like 15 plus points at plus 155. That's just, you know, guys, they're baby dogs. Uh, for my prop, let's go to 
Or maybe I should make Cheyenne. I should do okay. So let's make Cheyenne over five and a half rebounds. My prop actually. So now I need a new dog. Hmm. Point cut. Point cut again. No, let's not do point cut again. You, you said ten assists. You mentioned it before. I know. Yeah, we just did point cut though. Let's 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 spread the wealth. Let's spread the love. You want to do like at ten plus assists? AT is always good to get there, but Gandy gave out NT. Let's go. Let's go to Indiana and the Phoenix Mercury. We got to pick something out of here, and I don't have don't have that threes made for Sophie Cunningham yet. So okay. let's go play it, and we'll go Kelsey Mitchell. She's been uh, she's been good, man. She's been really good. I think she's going to be able to score. This is a nice little dog. Giving Kelsey Mitchell twenty plus at plus one seventy five. I don't think. Yeah, I don't think that they're going to um, really have too many issues of her getting the ball. It's just they're not giving to Leah Boston. It's got to go to somebody, and Kelsey Mitchell is the only other person that is a prolific scorer there and running that team. So she's been very solid. I think that this is the game. She probably takes that next step forward and gives us a really, really good, like that Kelsey Mitchell of last year game when she was leading the WNBA and scoring before injury. So give me Kelsey Mitchell 20 plus, plus 175. Hey, I gotta. I'm I'm rolling off just so you guys know. Too, oh so yeah, you're good. Too. Yeah, I'm getting things at work. So yeah, all good. fun. Thanks yeah. everybody for listening. Sorry to cut out early. Scott, how are you finishing? Wrap us up. Yeah, full disclosure, I completely forgot what the hell any of your plays were because uh, that took a while. Oh, because yeah, it did. No, so all right, I have from a lot Connecticut. First quarter, minus three and a half. We have Kelsey Mitchell, 20 plus, plus 175 for the dog. And for my prop, we're going to Cheyenne Parker, over five and a half rebounds in this one. All right. Uh, so I'm going to copy and paste two plays that I swept on over the weekend. Uh, my lock's going to be John Quell again. Give me eight and a half rebounds and minus 113. I, I don't know what we're doing here. We're really putting out an eight and a half again. Uh, just to go through the numbers here for John Quell, she had 13 against the Sparks on Sunday. She's had at least 11 rebounds in each of the last six. She's had at least nine rebounds in each of the last seven. The Sparks are one of the worst rebounding teams in the league. I'll take eight and a half again. I don't give a damn. Thanks. I'll, I'll take it. I'll also copy the prop. I'll go with Cunningham over one and a half threes as my prop again. At this time, minus 128. I thought about taking an alternative line, but once again, Bet365 doesn't have those up yet. You're going to request it, but they don't have it for now. So I'll take that as my prop. And for my dog, I'm going to go with McBride. Uh, three plus threes, I believe you said was plus 190 when we talked about it before. I'm uh-huh. going to take that. She's gone over in uh, – she's hit this number in three of four. The volume's been there. She's attempted at least seven threes in each of the last two games. And I do think, once again, Connecticut's defense has struggled lately. So, once again, my lock and prop are going to be the same exact ones from Sunday. Give me John Quelly and a half rebounds at minus 113. Give me Cunningham over one and a half threes at minus 128. Both those on FanDuel as my prop. And my dog will be McBride. Uh, three plus threes at plus one ninety on bet three six five. All right. Anything else for people before we get about here, Scott? No, uh, I know you didn't mention it, but I'm assuming you're going to also be joining me on the John Quell rebound train because I don't I don't know what the hell we're doing here with these rebounds. It's a it's an autoplay at this point. She's she's just been dominant. I'm going to keep betting until it loses. And yeah. if you've been betting it, you've won for about two weeks straight. So pretty much so. Other than that, I have nothing else to say, nothing else to do. If you are 
here. We got 16 people in the, in the live in the YouTube. Just go ahead, drop a like on the way out. If you are listening on podcast version, just drop a quick review on when you're, when you're closing out the app. Very, very easy. Appreciate that. But other than that, I have nothing else to say, nothing else to do. No other way of ending the podcast. We're just going to end it like this. We are out of here.